Hey everybody, and welcome to a new teaching series entitled Unstoppable. I love that concept, unstoppable, unmovable. It is a rock, it's in place, it's Stone Mountain, it's not going anywhere. You can't rattle enough, you can't push it enough, you can't pull it enough, you can't beat on it enough. It is unstoppable. And what is this thing that is unstoppable? It is the church of Jesus the Lord. Now, I, I know what you're thinking, okay, that sounds like such a preacher topic, but when we understand the church as Jesus described the church, then we know that we are the church. The church is not something that we go do. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a concert that we go attend. Church is us. And so when you think about that, you can imagine yourself as the church and Jesus inhabits, he lives in the church. He lives in you, and he says that his church is unstoppable. So over the month of August, we're going to talk a lot about what are the elements that cause this being, this church of Jesus to be unstoppable. Today, we'll talk about prayer. But now, this is not one of those where the preacher rants and raves and tells you all the things about why you should pray and when you should pray. This is about something highly practical because remember, you, a follower of Jesus, you are the church. So if you're the church, then you need to know how to pray. I mean, just basics. You know, as a little boy, I was taught that I should pray. As a little boy, I was taught to have my prayers before I went to sleep, and I was taught to have my prayers before a meal. And so I learned things like many of you learn things, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, right? Or I, I, I learned, you know, the, the basic blessing. Well, prayer, if it's an unstoppable force, has to be a key ingredient to why Jesus would say that not even the power of all hell could stop his church. So Jesus is talking in Matthew chapter 16, and in verse 18, he's speaking to Peter, known as the rock. Jesus gives Peter the name the rock. Now, part of the funny thing about Peter is he's like me and you. He's pretty fallible. He's pretty messed up. He kind of has this roller coaster spiritual life. And so sometimes Peter is like the rock, you know, can you smell what the rock is cooking, right? But then other times he's like the pebble, right? Because he just sometimes he's on and sometimes he's not. But Jesus says, now, Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And listen to what he says. Jesus says, I will build my church. Jesus is making the statement, Peter, this isn't about you. This isn't the fact that, it, it, that you are the one that makes this happen. You're not the one that makes it unstoppable. I'm not the one that makes it unstoppable. Deacons don't make it unstoppable. The organization, the name, a denomination, none of them make the church unstoppable. Jesus makes the church unstoppable. Listen to what he says. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. He says, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Well, prayer is an essential part of being unstoppable. If you're like me, I want a life that is unstoppable. I want to achieve everything God has in store for my life. I want to finish this world here before my time in heaven and know what I was used by God to do was unstoppable and outlives me. 
I want my children and my grandchildren to live in a faith that is unstinking stoppable. I don't want something that is just carried with the waves, you lick your finger and lift it in the air. I want something that is rock steady, unstoppable. And this is the promise Jesus makes of his church. But now watch this. It is true when the church acts like Jesus told it to, not when the church goes off on its own. You see, the story today is not about whether you are linked to a church. The story and the power of being unstoppable is by way of prayer, are you constantly linked with the power of God? Now watch this, Jesus, God sends him to us so that we are linked because of Jesus to God the Father himself. God the Father, who spoke this creation into existence, holds us in the palm of our hand and literally provides the breath that we breathe every moment. We have the opportunity to link with him every day and stay connected to him. So years ago, I read these five words that have radically helped shape my prayer life. Listen to these words. Number one, by the way, jot these down, will you? I know you're watching this and you can catch it on video again, but grab a pen, pencil, lipstick, or mascara and jot down these words. Number one, prayer is easiest when it's short. I know, that doesn't sound like a very preacher-esque kind of thing to say, right? Prayer is best when it is short. And the reason it's best when it's short is because it's hard to build a habit of hour-long prayers, but it's easy to build a habit of minute-long prayers. It's easy to build a continual habit of minute-long prayers that happen throughout the day. That way, when my prayer is short, I can be succinct, I can be specific, and you've heard us say around here, we believe specific prayers yield specific results. Let it be short. One minute of real concentrated prayer is better than an hour of wandering prayer and mindless thought. Secondly, not just short, but frequent. I mean, prayer is something that you start and you stay. The Bible says that we're to be a people that pray without ceasing. Well, the way we know prayer, that is an impossibility. But to be unstoppable, prayer is something that is frequent, it's regular. It's like your very best friend on the world that's easiest for you to talk with, whoever that is, the easiest person in the world for you to sit down and say anything and everything about you, about the world, around you, whoever that is, imagine having a conversation with God that is even more simple and more fluid. Think about that, frequent, it's happening all the time. Try to pray these short prayers throughout the day and keep in contact. Remember why Jesus came? Here you were, here God was. Jesus came and connected us. Why not stay connected? You have the greatest power in the universe, the creator of the universe, short, frequent, simple. Pray like a hurting child runs up to the lap of a loving daddy. I'm hurt, I'm wounded, I'm lonely. They hurt my feelings, whatever it is, pray to God like you had just got a boo-boo and your daddy was there and it was dead. Dad, I got a boo-boo. Well, let him take you and love you. He is the greatest dad of all time. No heavenly father could ever eclipse God, the heavenly father. No earthly father can come close. 
Not even close. I mean, we're not talking in the same universe. So pray short, pray frequent, pray simple. Listen to this, pray scriptural. All right, now this is where it gets a little funky, but simple, all right? When you can't find any words to pray, pray the Lord's Prayer. If, if, if you don't know where that's at, we'll find it in a minute. Pray Psalm 92, pray Psalm 19, pray Psalm 119, pray Psalm 121, pray Psalm 120. Pray through Daniel's prayers, pray with Jonah, pray with Paul's writings. Just pick scripture and pray that back to the Lord. You know what? There's nothing that God loves more than his kids bringing his word back to him. And then finally, let your prayers be shared. With someone, let them know what you're praying about so they can join you in it. One of the highest compliments I ever received was when somebody says, Chuck, would you pray for me? And listen, here's what I wanna encourage you to do. Don't give them like the church pat on the back. I'm praying for you as if it's like the same thing as I'm thinking about you. When you share a prayer with someone or someone shares a prayer with you, stop right then and pray. Remember, if you use these five words, short, frequent, simple, scriptural, shared, how simple that is. That's why sometimes you'll see somebody share a prayer request on Facebook, and my response will be stopping to pray right now. So what I'm literally doing is before I forget it and the busyness of life happens, I just stop to pray. Another habit that I've learned that I think has been life-altering for me is whoever's on my calendar that day, that morning, pray for those people. And you say, well, maybe I don't know how to pray for them. That's not what I'm saying to do, pray for them. So today, uh, I knew we were shooting this video. I knew I had some meetings later today. I knew exactly who to pray for, and I was able to pray for each person. You know, uh, when you piggyback these five words into the throne of grace, what happens is you see the Lord's Prayer come alive. And in the Lord's Prayer, let's read it together. Now I'm using the New Living Translation because I love how it translates the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter six, beginning in verse five. I'm gonna give you a minute to find your Bibles or open it up on your, on your phone, device, whatever you have. Matthew chapter six, beginning in verse five. And Jesus is teaching us this is what and how to pray. Here's what he says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, this is all the reward that they will ever get. <laughs> Jesus is saying, don't pray for show. Don't pray for dough. You're, this is not a putting contest. This is not where you're trying to show everybody how eloquent your prayers are. Have you ever been somewhere where it was like a preach off or a pray off? And so somebody has this booming voice and Father, we call down all the power of heaven. And everybody's like, wow. And then this kid gets up and says, Jesus, I love you. I wanna trust you. And would you be with grandma today? And you know, I think to myself, even as a human, I look at that and I say, I trust the kid. I think God wants us to come to him with authenticity. He wants us to come not with our preacher voice. He doesn't want to come with our church voice. He wants to come with the voice he created you with. But he also says, if you're praying for, uh, if you're praying for show, it's, it may not even make it to the ceiling because the only reward you're going to get are the humans around you saying, wow, you can pray, dude. That, that's not power, that's foolishness. I mean, seriously, I mean, that's pompousness. That's not prayer. 
That's assuming that you can create your words to manipulate God. Verse six says, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father, listen to this, in private. Now, there's nothing wrong with corporate prayer. There's nothing wrong with gathering with others to pray. But listen to me, friend, if the only time you pray is with others, you are missing what Jesus said was the power of the Lord's prayer. Get alone with your father, talk with him about the deepest, most sincere things in your life. He goes on and he says, and when you pray, don't babble on and on like the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. This is like counting beads for prayers. It's like, okay, if I can count enough Hail Marys or if I can count enough, if I can say Savior enough, if I can say Lord enough, if I can say forgive me enough, it's like I'm going to double down on God. This is the beauty of how God has created prayer. When I come to God or you come to God and we say, God, would you forgive me? and you mean it in the depth of your heart, God, would you forgive me? You know what he does? He forgives you. I don't need to say that repetitively thinking that I have a greater degree of forgiveness that comes with the greater repetitiveness of my words. He says, that's foolishness, don't do that. Then in verse eight, he says, don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this, he says, our father, now watch this, He knows exactly where he's at and he wants us to know exactly where he's at. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. This is the the beautiful thing. God, we know who you are because we know who we're not. We know where you are and we long to be there. So then he goes on and, and he says, may your kingdom come soon. Like I wanna be a part of kingdom now. One of the reasons I'm so excited about this one sweet day we're doing is that feels like what the kingdom will be like, where we're serving people, children, families, and need food and clothing and school supplies and just loving people and knowing things. The most powerful thing you'll do at one sweet day probably isn't the food you'll give a family, but the fact that you learned their name and you knew them and you built a relationship with them. That feels like kingdom work to me. He goes on and says, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven then give us today the food we need. Have you noticed the the import on today? It's like, Lord, I can trust that you're gonna take care of me tomorrow, but today, would you just do what I need today? I love that. This is why I think prayer in the morning is so powerful. Lord, would you give me today what I need today? And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Now there's a clause right there, I hope you saw. Forgive us. And there's already the assumption built in Jesus' prayer that we're going to forgive. If you forgive, you'll be forgiven. See this? The easier you forgive, the easier it is to feel forgiven. When you're one of those people struggling with guilt, like how could God ever forgive me for that? Well, watch this. If you want to draw closer to God in his forgiveness, become a forgiving person. That's the most beautiful thing about this. Give us the food we need and forgive us our sins as we give those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And this is beautiful. Jesus is saying, I'm never gonna give you a temptation I don't give you a way out of. So go ahead and pray for that power today, just like you would for food, to protect me from Satan drawing me into his temptation to do something stupid. One of the things that I have heard all my life, and it is so true, all of us, all of us humans, we are a quarter of an inch from doing something stupid. Don't cross the line. And one of the ways you do is let this be your prayer. God, today, don't let me do something stupid. Keep me away from temptation and don't let me be trapped by the evil one. And these five words 
They help us how to pray. We're going to take a break and sing for a minute. But you know what? When I come back, we're going to go from the how we pray to the what of prayer. I'm so glad you joined me today. Zach, take it away and let's sing a little bit. I'll see you in a few minutes. Well, in Numbers 6, the Lord gives this blessing for Moses to, to share with Aaron for his people. And this song is called The Blessing. It's based out of that passage of scripture. And we hope it's an encouragement to you today that the Lord is with you, that he goes before you and makes a way. So um, we invite you to sing along with us right where you're at.
May his favor be upon you for a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you for a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you for a thousand generations and your family and their children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you for a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming and your going and your weeping and rejoicing he is for you 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 favor be upon you and may go before you and make a way. Amen and amen. Hey, my name is Nancy. I am a member of Sugar Hill. I've been a member probably about four and a half years and I'm on the prayer team and prayer is my passion. To me, prayer is like breathing. I have an ongoing conversation most of the time with the Lord um, throughout the day. The first thing I think of when I um, hear the word prayer is communicating with God, um, with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is in me, um, and His Holy Spirit will prompt me in different um, scenarios. Um, prayer is just conversation, but there's different seasons and different times of prayer. So uh, when I see somebody who's going through something very difficult, you know, I call that warfare praying, and that's when I use the Word of God to fortify. Um, and I take my example from Jesus when he was out in the wilderness and he was being tempted. What did he do? He, he quoted scripture. So when, we, when I can find scripture that aligns with what the problem is, so-called problem, that's what I try and do. I try and match up that scripture with the prayer, and I pray that back to the Lord. And he delights to hear his own word prayed back to him. Uh, the Lord has used that prayer um, 
1979 when I came to Christ. Um, I walked out of the Catholic faith and uh, the Catholic religion into faith in Christ. And in doing that, it was my family took it as though I had turned my back on them. And um, my mother and father literally disowned me. Um, they said, my, I'll never forget the words of my dad, he said, you are dead to me. So from that point forward, I dove into the word because it was my lifeline. I'm a first generation Christian. And immediately I had such an awareness that my family did not know the Lord. They knew about him, they were good people, but they were not godly people. And um, so I began to pray for them. And long story short, in 1998, my 98-year-old grandmother passed away. And um, at her funeral, I was able to share the gospel. And I gave an invitation in a Catholic church to my extended family who I had been praying for for years. And a lot of hands came up to respond to that message. Not only that, but God graciously allowed me to share the gospel and to pray the prayer of salvation with my grandparents, my mother and my mother-in-law, and my dad. So I'm gonna see them all in heaven. And now they have clear understanding of why I did what I did. So it's just such a blessing. So that's what prayer does. And that's a, the prayer of salvation, when we're praying for somebody, that's a prayer that God delights to answer. It's like bringing a check to the bank and he pays it. Father God, I just continue and I thank you, Lord, for this time. I thank you for this video. Father God, I pray that we just would not talk about prayer, but we would actually do it. Lord, I'm asking that you would raise up individuals that we can come together and gather in a safe way. Father, that we can stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around our waist, knowing that the truth has made us free. With a breastplate of righteousness, we know that we have been made righteous by the blood of your Son. And with our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, we ask you to keep our feet from slipping. We take up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows aimed at us by Satan. And we put on the powerful helmet of salvation, knowing that my mind, our mind, is a, a particular target of Satan's deceiving ways. I cover my mind with the powerful helmet of salvation and Lord we take up the sword of the spirit which is your word knowing in your word we find truth and life Holy Spirit would you fill us fresh and anew from the crown of our head to the tip of our toes and Lord help us to keep our armor well oiled in prayer and it's in Jesus name I pray amen hey welcome back I love that song the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you I mean, this is, the, this is the urgency of the blessing, the prayer, right? That the Lord would bless us and keep us. This is the Lord's prayer we were talking about before the break. And a part of that is the how. So I gave you these five small uh, words that hopefully will get us focused on the how to prayer. Let them be short, right? It's easier to be habitual when you're short. Let them be frequent. Stay in contact. Short prayers you can say all day. Hour-long prayers, I can't do it more than one time in a lifetime, all right? Let them become simple. Don't break out your church voice. Just talk normally to God with the voice he gave you. Let them be scriptural. Sometimes when you don't know what to pray, just pray scripture back. And you know what? Just start with the Lord's Prayer. If not, maybe go to uh, Psalm 119. Just pray those Psalms back. And then let them be shared. Bring someone into your prayer life to help pray for you, pray with you, and you pray with and for 
them. So in the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, you go through this prayer, and what we understand is it's both the how and the what. Now, I want to give you help on the what, okay? So I'm going to give you a handful of phrases here, like two words. The first one is, you are, okay? You are. You are sovereign, God. You are the king of the universe, God. You are my creator. You are my sustainer. You are my God. And you are who I count on. This recognition, these two words in the what you are praying, you are awesome. God, you are God and there is no one like you. You are my rock, you are my shepherd, you are my peace. Prayer, my friend, when we recognize who he is, you are God. When we recognize that, prayer helps us to put God at the center of our lives because we understand who he is. When we understand the power of who he is, it's so much simpler to sit back in this earthly, smaller vessel and recognize, wait a minute, the whole universe is controlled to this God that I'm in conversation with, and I am having a conversation, and I can start it with, you are awesome, God. You are sovereign. You're in control, God. It helps us get God in the center of our life, which not only gives us something better to look at other than ourselves, but it also helps us see everything better, including ourself. Man, I hope you caught that. When we get the you are God part right, then we will not only just look at ourselves as if you were like the selfie queen of the world, but it allows you to see yourself in a better light through the lens of God. You are. You see, we praise God using descriptions of his attributes, right? We praise God, and you can find all these attributes throughout the Psalms. You can find them in the book of Proverbs. You can find them in the Gospels. You can find them in all 66 books of the Bible. The attributes of God, his character, the descriptions of his attributes, and his biblical images. And this changes what we see and how we see giving us a God-centered view of our world and ourselves. You are. The second phrase is, I am. I am the opposite of who God is. God, you are omnipotent. God, you are everything. You are my world, the universe. I am not, right? It's, it's, the, it's the old phrase, you know, there's only one God and I'm not him. And so when I recognize that, I know I'm the opposite of who you are, Lord. I am frustrated at times. I'm anxious. I'm weak. I feel helpless. I feel hopeless. I feel lonely. I'm not who I want to be. I'm not where I want to be. But when I come to you, I know you have the power to take me there and make me that. You see, the, the you are is where you start. That's foundational. The I am is secondary but powerful. It's, God, I know who you are, and as a result, I truly recognize who I am, so I confess before you that I know how fallible I am. Confession, y'all, we, we turn confession into, okay, they really meant it if they cried. Uh, they really meant it if they gave up cigarettes. They really meant it when they stopped dipping. I mean, that's just so weird to look at confession that way. This is the best definition that I could give you on confession. It might meet with those five words and these phrases. God, you are. God, I am. I confess. Confession is simply telling God honestly who we are 
and where we are at. That's all it is. Confession is admitting before God what he already knows, and we're like a, a child telling the truth back to a father who already knows the truth. God already knows, of course. We get that, right? But without our telling him, he still asks us to pour out our hearts to him. You know why? Because he loves us. He can't wait. My grandkids have been in town this week and the three grandsons are here and there is nothing in the world like them running up to me and grabbing me and saying, I will you pop. It's just the greatest thing in the world. That's, like, that's why we pray. The third phrase, it starts with you are, it goes to I am, but it moves to I trust. Faithful, loving God, I will not be guided by my feelings, I'll be guided by you. I will not be guided by my feelings. I want to be guided by you. Lord, I trust your word. Lord, I trust your character. Lord, I trust your faithfulness. I believe all the Bible says about you. You haven't changed even though I have. You haven't moved even though I walked away. I trust your plan for me. I rest in you as you carry me through these difficult days. Expressions of trust, folks, now, this is a tweetable moment. Expressions of trust build trust. You say, well, I, I want to trust God. Then speak expressions of trust to God. When we express our trust in God, we are building trust with God as well. You say, well, Chuck, that, that doesn't really make sense. First, listen, the more we articulate our confidence in God, the stronger our confidence grows. You know why? When we articulate our confidence in God, we will start recognizing his faithfulness that supports the confidence. So let me say it again, because I think it's worth repeating. Expressions of trust build trust. Now, Mark wrote in his gospel in chapter 9, verse 24, I believe, but help my belief. This should be greatly encouraging. I mean, a gospel writer said, Jesus, I believe, but would you help me believe more? Listen, as followers of Jesus, this is part of my prayer life every morning. God, I believe in you. Would you strengthen my belief today? Then the next phrase is, I need. God can supply all of our needs, all of them, any of them. And he can do it in the blink of an eye without our asking. But listen to Matthew 6, 8. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. We can bring to him our physical needs, our spiritual needs, our emotional needs, our mental needs, our social needs, our vocational needs. Nothing's too big and nothing is too small. I, I get greatly frustrated when I hear believers say, you know, I, I hate, I, I feel guilty praying to God for my daughter's graduation when there are so many hungry children in Haiti. And I, I think to myself, but whatever the most important thing is going on in your life is God's most important thing at that moment. And so if you think about it, if he knows all those things, what he wants you to do is pour that out back to him. I need, and then, and then finally, I thank. I thank. You've heard me say this before. The greatest spiritual revelation in my life was when I determined that gratitude had to become a habit in my life, a spiritual habit in my life every day. We often focus the bulk of our attention on what we lack, even in our prayers. We pray for what we don't have. We pray for something that we couldn't attain. 
nothing wrong with that, but that shouldn't be our only focus. When we pray, let us pray with gratitude. God, I thank you. I'm breathing right now. God, I'm grateful. My car started today. God, I am grateful this morning. I had eggs and bacon and bless the Lord, a biscuit, bam. So be grateful for what you have. I thank. God has given to us and has done for us both in redemptive history and in our personal history. So ask God to help you and see you often. Ask God to help you and see you often because he's never far away. He's right here. You see, listen, oftentimes we are blind or we just take for granted the things he's given us. When we see him often and we know he sees us often, we will be reminded not to take for granted or be blind to the many things he blesses us with. Thanksgiving is life-giving. Being grateful is life-altering. Thanksgiving is life-giving, so be grateful and it's life-altering. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today the food that we need. And forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Lord, we trust you. If you don't know this Lord that I'm talking about, he is as simple as the prayer we've taught today. He says, you don't have to walk an aisle, join a church. You don't have to say a creed. You literally can say right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name and I need you. And Lord, I want to thank you that you came to connect me and God. So I want all of that. And I want to thank you that I can live for you and stop living for me now. Give me all those things that you promised. And Lord, I trust you with every bit of my life. So Lord, we trust you. Lord, we need you. So if you don't know this Lord that we were talking about, call on his name. I, I promise you, that's all you have to do, call on his name. And he will give you this wonderful, beautiful life. And listen, here's the promise and the blessing that he promises he will go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. That's what he does. He will go within you and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment. And friend, listen, that's because he is always good and you are always loved. That just blows my mind. God is always good and you are always loved no matter what, no matter where. And then on these days that sometimes beat us up and wear us out and we're just exhausted through the change and the trials that are happening today, just hop on his back. He's strong enough to carry you. And let him carry you through the middle of your problem, not around it. That way you know when you've come out of it. And he sets you down victoriously on your two feet. And he wipes away your tears and kisses you on the forehead. And he wraps you up in his big loving arms and looks at you eyeball to eyeball. And he says to you, my child, I love you. Come on. It does not get any better than that. His church, when we are prayerful, is un stinking stoppable. God bless you, friends. Go in peace. Thanks for learning how to pray with us today. If there's any way we could pray for you, please let us know below or email us at prayer at sugarhillchurch.com. Have a great week and go in peace.